Dear listeners, are you tired of the endless cycle of fad diets and extreme measures? It's time to wake up to a better weight loss solution with Robody. As someone who's been through the ups and downs of weight loss, I know firsthand the challenge of trying to find what will stick. That's why if I qualified for Robody today, I'd jump at the chance for a scientifically backed program that supports long-term success. With Robody, you'll gain access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market, paired with personalized lifestyle changes. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. Say goodbye to the roller coaster of weight loss dreams and hello to sustainable, real results with Robody. Go to row.co slash snoozecast. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash snoozecast. podcast designed to help you fall asleep. On Snoozecast, we read excerpts from public domain works and occasionally original stories. Listen to us on snoozecast.com, like our Facebook page, and follow us on Instagram. We'd like to thank our listeners. If you enjoy our show, please write us a review on the Apple Podcasts app or wherever you listen. Also, share it with a friend. This episode is supported by Woodcuts. Tonight, we'll be reading from A Trip to Venus, published in 1897 and written by John Monroe. In the story, our narrator, his old friend, Professor Grayson, an astronomer, Mr. Carmichael, an engineer, and his daughter, Miss Carmichael, travel in a spaceship to the planet Venus. We pick up in Chapter 6, In Space, just after the crew has launched out of Earth's atmosphere. Let's get cozy. Close your eyes. Relax your body into the softness of your bed. Now, take a few deep breaths. Chapter 6 In Space We had entered the clouds. For half an hour, we were muffled in a cold, damp mist and total darkness and had begun to think of going indoors when, all at once, the car burst into the pure and starlit region of the upper air. A cry of joyous admiration escaped from us all. The spectacle before us was indeed sublime. 
the sky of a deep, dark blue was hung with innumerable stars, which seemed to float in the limpid ether, and the rolling vapors through which we had passed were drawn like a sable curtain between us and the lower world. The stillness was so profound that we could hear the beating of our own hearts. How beautiful, exclaimed Miss Carmichael in a solemn whisper, as if she were afraid that angels might hear. There is Venus right ahead, cried the astronomer, but in a softer tone than usual, perhaps out of respect for the sovereign laws of the universe. The course is clear now. We are fairly on the open sea. I, I mean the open ether. I must get out my telescope. The sky does not look sad here, as it always does on the earth. To me, at least, whispered Miss Carmichael, after Gazin had left us alone. I suppose that it's because there is so much sadness around us, and within us there. The atmosphere, too, is often very impure, I replied also in a whisper. Up here, I enjoy a sense of absolute peace and well-being, if not happiness, she murmured. I feel raised above all the miseries of life. They appear to me so paltry and so vain. As when we reach a higher moral elevation, said I, drifting into a confidential mood, like passengers on the deck of a ship under the mysterious glamour of the night sky. Such moments are too rare in life. Do you remember the lines of Shakespeare? Look how the floor of heaven is thick inlaid with patines of bright gold. There's not the smallest orb which thou beholdest, but in his motion, like an angel sings, still choiring to the young-eyed cherubims. Such harmony is in immortal souls. But whilst this muddy vesture of decay doth grossly close it in, we cannot hear it. True, responded Miss Carmichael, and now I begin to feel like a disembodied spirit, a young-eyed cherubim. I seem to belong already to a better planet. Should you not like to dwell here forever, far away from the carking cares and the troubles of the world? The unwanted sadness of her tone reminded me of her devoted life, and I turned towards her with new interest and sympathy. She was looking at the evening star whose bright beams softened the irregularities of her profile and made her almost beautiful. Yes, I answered, and the words with you formed themselves in her.